Hello, my name is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. My prayer for you is that this message would be meaningful to you, that it would challenge you, and that it would help you move forward in your faith. To be a part of all that we get to do here at Redefined Church, visit us online at churchredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Happy 4th of July, my favorite holiday. My name is Dusty Otis. Thrilled that you're taking part of your morning, part of the day that we celebrate our freedom to spend it with me. And so uh, that means a lot to me. If you're ever going to share or invite to a message, now is the time. We're talking one nation, two sacrifices. Really going to talk about the foundation that our country was built on today, why we celebrate this. It doesn't have a face. It has a belief. And so talking about the human sacrifice first and going to share this with you. This was uh, pretty awesome. I I, I read this week. In 1776, 13 American colonies put together an army that ultimately defeated the forces of England. But the final battlefield victory was only a little more remarkable than the fact that the colonists were able to put together an army at all. Hardly any of us remember this or even think about what it took to build an army. In Virginia and Maryland, the nature of the land made large acreage farms possible. While from from the main New Hampshire border from south uh, to south Pennsylvania, the basic unit was the one family farm. This led to great division in lifestyles. There are also strong differences between those who lived in the sophisticated seacoast cities and those who lived in the rural interiors. So you have you had a bunch of diversity, a bunch of a bunch of division among people. Backgrounds varied a great deal from uh, the Dutch of New York to the Germans of Pennsylvania, from the Swedes of Delaware to the Scots of North Carolina. Not to mention that there were Quakers, Anglicans, Presbyterians, Puritans and Catholics, all who knew little tolerance. They had little tolerance. And so add to this decades of a commitment to 13 separate colonies, some of which had originally fought against one another, and you had the problem with all the diversity and all the difference, that problem led to the miracle that we actually still represent or still fight for, still stand for today. Men from Maine and the South united with men from Georgia and the North under one general from Virginia to form one army for one cause for one nation. America. It's where we live today. And so what you see in the beginning and the start of our country, when the Constitutional Convention had completed its work, a woman comes and she approaches Ben Franklin and she said, uh, Doctor, what have you given us? And he said, I've given you a republic if you can keep it, if you can keep it. And so then it was. And what we had after thousands of years of false starts and wrong turns and tyranny Man had finally made a beginning, a new beginning, a true beginning to what human government was. There were no more idols. There were no more state shepherds, no more kings, no more empires, and no more emperors. No more unrestrained authority, no more state religion, no more mob rule. We had an American republic. When you look at the republic and you look at the definition of what it means, it's constitutional government, it's self-government. Or I love this word, commonwealth. What we had was commonwealth. All 13 came together for one cause. Unity, right? And what you see in the definition of commonwealth is is an agreement of the people for the common good of the people. Several scriptures that will back that up. I'm not going to jump into that because I have other things that I want you to know about Jesus and what Jesus has done for us in this. And so the second half of the commonwealth definition is one in which supreme authority is vested in the people. And so knowing from the story I read, it was not easy to get early Americans to all jump on or into the same boat and rally around one cause. 
They were all individuals from different parts, different places, different backgrounds, different history, right? Different money, different ways of life. And to get them to agree on the same government was, was harder than we think. We just go right to fighting the battle, waving the flag, star spangled banner and all, and it was all good. But there was so much that led to that moment. And the one thing that they knew they weren't going to do is submit to another king. We're not submitting to another king. And so then they rallied around their commonality. It's commonwealth, right? Their essential belief in God. And they fought for freedom together. And the agenda was freedom. That was the goal. Now, today when you look in the definition, you see five different definitions of freedom. They're all beside me. I want you to focus on number two and number four. Number two says the exemption from external control, interference, or regulation. And number four says political or national independence. Our military today still fights for number two and number four. Our freedom from external control and for, and for national independence. This is the freedom that our flag stands for. This is the freedom that our flag waves for. This is what our flag represents. Number two, number four, freedom from external control, interference, or regulation from anybody else except the United States of America. And political and or national independence to be governed by self for the common good of the human race or the country. And so then, our flag does not fly for an agenda. It's not to be used as a piece or a symbol to fight something other than for freedom. Freedom. Our flag does not represent a misunderstanding. When I see the flag, when I see the flag and it flies out in front of my house, when I see the flag, I think of these people that you see next to me right now. I think of the men and women who are currently serving right now, who aren't home barbecuing today or with their families. They're on the front lines of our country defending our freedom. They're defending, defending what we get to do today. I think of my grandpa who's in the Navy. I think of my friends both from high school and right now. I think of past students that I've coached that have served. I think of my nephew who's a new Marine. And I think of the people who still believe in the flag and the freedom, number two and number four that you see beside me. And so what you see with the agenda that our military fights for is the independence from external control. So we, the people who call America home, have personal freedom, no matter what we look like or where we come from, Sweden or German, right? No matter what the color of our skin is, our military fights for our freedom. And people from every culture and nationality and race wear one uniform that represents the American military to stand up and fight for us, for our freedom. And so it does not matter what you look like or where you come from. If you call America home, they're fighting for you. And our military fight and they die to keep and protect the USA so we can be free from rule or attack from other nations. We do not fight ourselves and we do not use the flag to fight ourselves. Our flag flies and stands for freedom. Now, when we get ignorant, when we the people, we the people, when we get ignorant, the military is called in to keep peace among us for the commonwealth, for the common good of our country. They don't come in to pick sides or to catch a label. 
They give their lives on a regular basis. They selflessly serve our country for our daily freedom. So you can choose to do whatever you want to, anything you want, to worship or not to worship, to protest or not protest if that's what you do, to get up or sleep in. You have freedom because these people live and die for us. And so the topic today, One Nation, Two Sacrifices, we just talked about the first because it's, what, it's really how our country was founded. You have the sacrifice of the American soldier. This is for the people of America, the people who call America home. The U.S. military pay, for, pay the price for your freedom on earth. On earth. Now, number two, what we're getting into is the sacrifice of Jesus for the human race. Jesus paid the price for our freedom of sin. His sacrifice gives you the opportunity to go to heaven. You get to go to heaven. And so what you see is our military gives you freedom in the natural on earth. Jesus gives you freedom in the supernatural in heaven. This is why we pray in the Lord's Prayer. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The one thing that you see the men and women of our military have in common with Jesus is this. It's the greatest act of love. It's found in John 15, 13. This is the amplified version. No one has greater love nor stronger commitment. There's nobody with a stronger commitment than these two sacrifices. One, the military. Two, ultimately Jesus Christ. Than to lay down their life for their friends. This is a sacrifice for the greater good of the human race from Jesus and a sacrifice for the greater good of a country, America. Now, God's agenda is that the human race would find its home in heaven. And what you see is those who established America believed in God the Father, our Creator, and they believed He sent a Son to earth, Jesus, to make all men from all nations from every culture and every religion, the human race, free. Free from sin, so that they could be restored in their relationship with God. You see this in John 3, 16. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world, that's the human race, that He gave His, only, His one and only Son, so that whoever believes and trusts in Him as Savior shall not perish, but have eternal life, freedom in the supernatural heaven. Individually, through Jesus, we gain freedom from our faults, from our sins, and eternal freedom in the afterlife in heaven. This is John 14, 6. It confirms this. It's just going to stamp it. Jesus said to him, I am the only way to God and the real truth and the real life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so then, ultimate freedom comes from faith in Jesus because human, human beings and human nature tend to derail us from that. So you don't get any more free than having a relationship with Jesus. And that gives you life forever. Now let's go back to the human side. In Proverbs 29, 25, it says, It's dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you. But if you trust the Lord, you are safe. If you trust the Lord. It doesn't say if you trust your government. It doesn't say if you trust the man. It doesn't say if you trust how we're founded. It doesn't say if you trust what you currently think is the best. If you currently trust what's what's popular right now. It says, if you trust the Lord, you are safe. And what we have here is a glitch in the people who founded this thing are human beings. And what this verse is saying and what I'm building to is this, you can't blame human, you can't blame God for human fault. Okay. You can't blame God for the faults of men, regardless of position, they're human. And when you deal with humanity, you deal with ugly, unf unfaithful, 
inconsistent results. And the truth is, the human, the human race, human beings, man, will let you down more times, more times than anything. God will never let you down. God never fails. And so that said, it's a big point if you're taking notes, human government in the beginning, 1776, was instituted as a defense agency. It was a protector, not a provider. To fight for your independence. It was for your independence. And it was to keep you free from control of anybody else. A protector. That's the government. Not a provider. Its laws were to be in unison with God's laws. The laws of nature and nature's God. Right? This is how it was set up. It doesn't have a face. And what you see at the start of America is the law of the nation was the same as the law of God. There was no separation. The law that we built on and God's law were the same. This is found in, in 1 Timothy 2, 2. It says this, For kings and all others who are in authority, they may live a quiet and peaceful life with all reverence towards God and with proper conduct. That has to do with this, with us, right? If you paraphrase 1 Timothy 2, 2, it says, Good Good is the big one here. Good government is the will of God. Good government is faceless. It is an example of this, of God's law. That's what good government is. And what we see in learning the Gospels is Jesus counseled and taught his disciples how to have balance between God's government and man's government. And not only did he teach us that, but he also says, hey, by the way, just in case you screw this up, I'm going to teach you how to restore the balance just in case you get off track. And so this is where we started as a country. This is where we started. If you're a note taker, these are huge. You want to screenshot them. They're totally fine. They're going to be graphics right next to me. What you have is the law. Let's start with the law. This is Matthew 5.17. And in Matthew 5.17, it says this. Do not think I came to do away with or undo the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Jesus came to fulfill the law. So then what you see, because Jesus came and we have his spirit, we have power, authority, and the right to freedom because Jesus came. The law. The second thing you have is the great commandment. This is Matthew 22, 37-39. I've paraphrased a couple of these for you. Love God with all yourself and love others as much as you love yourself. This scripture right here is the root of self-government and individual freedom under God. This is the root of self-government right here. Love God with all you have, all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. This is the root of self-government and individual freedom under God. The third thing you have is the golden rule. This is Matthew 7, 12. So then, in everything, treat others the same way that you want them to treat you. For this is the essence of the law and the writings of the prophets. This is really what Matthew 40 comes and polishes up. It says, hey, if you do these two things, you'll find that you're doing everything else. If you obey loving God and loving others as yourself, if you obey these two, you'll find that everything else takes care of itself. What am I saying? Do what you want to be done. Be the change that you wish to see. Be the change that you wish to see. This, what you have with the golden rule is this. This is the power that can make man free and force government to seek their actual, their actual place. In the golden rule, you see the power 
that can make man free and force government and force government to seek their actual place when we do this. All of us without an agenda. Number four, you see the great decree. This is Matthew 6, 33, staple of life. But first and foremost, but first and most importantly, seek his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being, having the attitude and character of God. All these things will be given to you also. That's it. That's the great decree. And so what you see is this, these four, the law, the great commandment, the golden rule, and the great decree will establish order and bring balance to a nation. I'm positive. I'm positive. Knowing that, could be going a little fast here. Knowing that, what are we missing? We have those four that will establish and bring balance to a nation. We're missing two things. The law of love and the covering. Let's finish this thing up. The law of love and the covering. What do you see in the law of love? This is 1 Corinthians, period. And this is paraphrase. You might not have ever heard it like this. Without love, words are meaningless. Without love, actions are empty. If we don't love others, we bring no value. Love is loyal. Love is just. Love believes. Love wins. Love covers everything. It is the greatest. What are we talking about? Two sacrifices. No greater love than this than a man would lay down his life for his friends. What do you, where do you see that? The sacrifice of Jesus Christ for the human race and the sacrifice of the human soldier for the freedom of our country. It's why the flag waves. Two, the covering. This is Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Again, this is paraphrased. Be strong. Stand against evil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Stay connected. Stay connected and remain in the Lord so you can keep standing strong and overcome. Not just to keep standing and tucker out, to keep standing strong and overcome. Lastly, do not forget to pray. And keep praying is what it says. And keep praying. And so the reason for all of this, we're going to go back to Matthew 5, 19, which we talked about the very first thing, the law. It says two verses later, Matthew 5, 19, it says this. Whoever practices and teaches these commands will be great in the kingdom of heaven. Heaven. Freedom in the supernatural. It's why Jesus came, right? Why? Because of 1 John 2, 17. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And what you see in the start of America, these were the ideals, these were the principles, these were the ideas, this was the spirit that our country was founded on. God's law was our law. They were in unison. It was truth. The Bible says, where you find truth, you will have freedom. The truth will set you free. So our action step today is very, very simple. Honor. Honor. This is a foundational value of my house, of my marriage, with my kids, and how we live our life. If you come across our path, we're going to honor you. We're going to honor you. Here's why. Romans 12, 9 through 10. There are four things you need to be writing down right now. Romans 12, 9 through 10 says what? Honor one another. Honor one another. 
Love must be without hypocrisy. Yeah. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Show family affection to one another with brotherly love. Lastly, honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. It's a foundation of freedom. Number two, 1 Peter 2.17. Honor everyone else. Honor everyone else. Honor everyone. Love believers. Reverence God. Respect your authorities. Honor everyone else. Number three, honor yourself. Yes, it really starts here. You've got to have some self-respect. Each of you know how to possess yourself by practicing self-control with holiness and honor. Honor yourself. And lastly, honor God the Father and honor Jesus the Son. This is John 5, 23. All, all the human race should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So how can you do this today? Give thanks to God, our Father, for sending his Son and the fact that you were born in the greatest country that the world has ever seen. Regardless of your opinion or what you think, people are still flocking by the hundreds of thousands to get here to have a chance. We get it every day. Don't take it for granted. Say thanks. Two, wear some red, white, and blue today. Wear some red, white, and blue today. Have a little pride in your country. In the front porch, you get to step up of. Lastly, most importantly, probably can be done every single day. I make it a point to do this with my kids. You see somebody in uniform, say thank you. Say thank you. Because they're doing something that most of us will never even know what it feels like. And the pressure that's on them when people do evil things to tear our country apart, they're the ones who have to deal with it. And they're the ones who have to carry it. And many of them come home with disorders and stress that we don't even know how to manage. So if you see somebody in uniform, tell them you appreciate them. Tell them thanks. Tell them thanks. We can do this every day. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that God gave you revelation, that you were enlightened, and that you can see more of what God has for you. Make sure you take this message one step further by following through with our action steps so you can grow deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about who we are or what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at churchredefined.com. You can follow us on social media at Redefined Church, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Vimeo, or Apple. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your life. I'll talk to you soon.